when we were writing this standard at the time, we didn't want to just focus on air quality, as important as that is to the to food and beverage manufacturing in itself. We also wanted to encompass the sustainability elements. Hello there and welcome to Let's Talk Clean Air, our regular look at how clean air can affect the quality process for you and the workplace. On this episode, we're talking about standards for indoor air quality, what they are, and in particular, how they impact food and beverage producers. My name is Dusty Rhodes and joining me to explain more about this today is Evan Efekabagos from BRCGS. The company was founded about 25 years ago by retailers who wanted to harmonise food safety standards across the supply chain. Today, they are globally recognised across both food and non-food categories and operate the most rigorous third-party certification scheme of its type. From Camphill, we have Ross Dummigan, who is their food and beverage segment manager for Europe, Middle East and Africa, with a very long and successful history in the molecular filtration industry. Evan, can I start off with you? Can you tell me just a little bit about the company BRCGS? Well, just as you stated a couple of seconds ago, actually, the company was founded in 1996 by the retailers in the UK because during that time, there were many second-party audits being performed by the retailers, by the brands, and the retailers wanted to create a single standard to be used for the audits. And in 2016... The BRC became a part of the LGC group and the brand name changed from BRC to BRCGS. And although we are uh, very popular for our food standard at the moment, we also have lots of non-food standards. Uh, At the moment, we have around 30,000 certificate sites in more than 130 countries. And we also have a network of more than 90 accredited and BRCGS recognized certification bodies in the world. And although we are known as a standard owner, we are also um, developing some digital products like the Food Safety Culture Excellence Module or Confidential Reporting System, which can be used by the sites as a part of their systems. And we also provide training to the certification bodies and the sites with our approved training providers in different countries. And we have also developed a BRCGS professional program which is a holistic learning development program for individuals, which covers the skills to implement and maintain the standards in any site, you know, in in any BRCGS or GFSI certificated site in the industry. So it's a very big operation and it allows a consistency of measurement across a a very large industry worldwide. Is that a, a good summation? Mm-hmm. Okay. Tell me then about the BRCGS standards themselves. Why are they important to the food and beverage producers in particular? Well, I think there are a couple of reasons for that. Uh, the first of all, the content of the food standard is quite comprehensive and it aims to set the standards for the industry. So the um, product safety, legality, integrity and quality can be um, met by the producers. And it also ensures that some retailer supplier uh, due diligence requirements are met. And the standard is actually internationally recognized by many brands and specifiers and buyer groups. And it complies with the GFSI requirements and the audits are accredited. Objective of a BRCGS audit is actually providing a true reflection 
uh, of the site, how it operates and the level of conformity according to the standard. So we have some nonconformities recognized, uh, raised during the audits. And at the end of the audit, the number and severity level of nonconformities set the grading of the audit results. So it means not all of the BRCGS certificates are the same. And this is used by many specifiers to assess their suppliers. And also another feature of the standard is that all non-conformities have to be actioned so the site gets a certificate. So these are the features uh, that many retailers and brand owners worldwide prefer to use um, BRCGS food certificate to assess their suppliers. And also... Certificated companies can be viewed on the BRCGS directory, and this creates a kind of transparent communication between uh, producers and their customers. And the customers, the brands can get uh, some kind of reports by using this BRCGS directory, and the CBs certification bodies can also use it for getting reports about their own uh, auditors or sites that are certificated by them. So this provides a kind of added value for all sites. Now, when a facility is being audited by BRCGS, how is, how is the audit actually conducted? Yeah, yeah, I do. I've been, I've been uh, working as a BRCGS auditor for 15 years, I think. And for the last two years, almost, I have been performing BRCGS compliance audits. So I'm a part of the compliance team. Uh, yeah, so uh, I am aware of the audit process. So when you arrive at a facility, how do you conduct your audit? Uh, well, we actually start with the opening meeting. So this is kind of an introduction that the site introduces themselves and the auditor introduces himself, herself. So we um, uh, tell the site about how we are going to perform the audit and uh, all about the timings and um, the sampling process and some details are approved um, at the begin at the opening meeting. And then we perform a site visit, uh, both in, in internal areas and external areas are visited by the auditor. And then we have a traceability exercise. And then we have uh, some documentation and records check. We do some um, interviews with the uh, staff working uh, in the production floor or at, at different levels. And then um, we combine all the findings as auditor uh, combines all the findings. And then at the closing meeting, we are presenting the findings to the site. So they are aware of what has happened during the audit and they are aware uh, what the findings are so they can take some actions. They can start working on the actions. Uh, and then this um, report and findings are sent to uh, the reviewers to be reviewed and then there's a process for certificate to be prepared. But this is after the audit. Now, I believe as part of your audit, you do include air quality. Um, is this something that uh, 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 other audit companies do or is it unique with BRCGS? Uh, well, actually, this is a part of all of the food safety standards, to be honest. But BRCGS has very specific definitions of air quality. And it is divided into two. There are some requirements regarding air to be in direct contact with product or packaging material. And uh, also some requirements 
uh, about air being used for ventilation purposes. And especially if the site has identified any high-risk high care or ambient high care areas, air can be a source of contamination. So there are some requirements about this. Uh, so we are checking what the site has done about uh, the air being used in these areas and if there's any kind of contamination risk, if there's any filtration in uh, process or uh, how the maintenance cleaning processes are being monitored or if there's any positive air pressure necessary and if the site is um, monitoring all this stuff. So this is a part of the audit, yeah. Let me move to uh, Ross, who is with Camfield. Ross, before the BRCGS, what kind of air quality standards were available for food producers? Well, before the BRC standard, Dusty, what we had was a, a collection of self-regulation with uh, practices within the food and beverage industry. So uh, what was happening was when we were speaking to specific food manufacturers, uh, you know, the big global players, and we were asking about their air quality assessments and how they how they basically went around selecting the the, the type of filtration that's requ required for their for, for their facilities. The common response that we were getting was that there would have been risk assessments carried out on site and uh, particle counts. However, when we delved into that a bit deeper, uh, my colleague James Draycott and I spoke to a, a, a lot of companies around this back in 2018, and we, we scrutinized it uh, a lot. Essentially, what, what the net result of this was, was they were selecting filters based on what the original equipment manufacturer supplied with pieces of equipment within the industry itself. And essentially, this was not the best practice for food and beverage applications. And commonly, when we're looking at the products that were provided, they were the most uh, commercially sensitive products that were being provided by the OEM at the time. And this proved not to be the best product that was for the process in itself, in order to provide the best protection for the, the process or the product or the customer. So from there, we spoke to uh, John Figgins, who is part of BRC and who we collaborated with in the design of this document in itself. And we took the approach of, of this and improving standards in general for the air quality within BRCGS certified sites and also standardizing IAQ guidelines for the for the industry in itself so that was that that move in itself for the consideration that brc gave it at the beginning of this was a huge step forward for the food and beverage industry and what do the brcgs standards say about air quality well essentially there is a factor that into the standard itself that you can now select the brc uh, air quality standards basing it on EN 6798. And what that means is that once you establish an outdoor air classification for the location of your facility, and these are broken out into three different groups, outdoor air classification one, outdoor air classification two, and outdoor air classification three. And again, these are based on, these are based on a PM 2.5 and PM 10 par size particles, uh, basing it on WHO guidelines. And once you establish the outdoor air classification, you then can select the type of filtration that you need for your specific facility. So when we're speaking about food and beverage facilities, um, you've got a clear guidance on what you need. Now, as I've said, for outdoor air classification from ODA1 to ODA3, that's already set. 
when you can identify those. But for indoor air quality, they're divided into five different groups. So from supplier one to supplier five. And the beauty of EN6798, at the time, it specifically mentions, and it was probably one of the first standards to mention food and beverage manufacturing applications. So there was a direct reference point there of what needed to be done and how filters could be, how filters could be selected quite easily, basing it on the location of a facility. So what that was saying is for a supplier two for a food and beverage facility, you should be using an EPM1. Uh, 50% filter all the way up to 80% depending on the outdoor air classification but also within the standard that we've that we've worked with BRC now we've also based it on the zoning and everyone referred to zonings within the food and beverage applications or food and beverage processing sites of being uh, high care high risk uh, medium care medium care uh, low risk areas that's that's within the document now as well so it means that there's a standardized approach in terms of selecting your air filtration quality for food and beverage applications so it means the standardization can be done if the ref- if the guidance and standards is referenced correctly is the standard only about air filter selection or are there other elements included no there are other elements included within the standard we did when we were writing the standard at the time we didn't want to just focus on air quality as important as that is to the to food and beverage manufacturing in itself we also wanted to encompass the sustainability elements that come hand in hand with the air quality factors in play at food and beverage facility so we uh, en 6798 is uh, you know referencing the energy performances of buildings uh, for uh, production facilities Within the standard as well, we reference ISO 16890, and this is a standard that general air filters have to comply with and has, in pl- has been in place since uh, 2016. There is also, there is also a Eurovent 423 uh, uh, standard within this, and this is just basically for the, the standard that European standard classification for energy consumption for air filters as well. We go. We we did go a step further within the standard when we talked about uh, the maintenance and condition monitoring and hygiene monitoring within the standard. So, what what essentially that means is that we're talking about the routine monitoring of the of the regime around the around the air air filtration and air quality and air and the levels of air quality within the system. And we reference as well HEPA testing, uh, motor fan and condition monitoring, carrying out uh, ventilation hygiene risk assessments for the air handling units. And probably one of the most important and simplest things that, that can be checked is looking at the pressure gauges on the air handling units to see how their how the filters are working within the air handling units and looking at the general condition of the coil and their and their cleanliness is highly important and that's all referenced within the standard too. Hmm. I'm just thinking about food and beverage producers in particular. Why should food and beverage producers be audited using the BRCGS standards and guidelines? Well, essentially, what we're talking about air quality. I mean, the air is coming, the air that we're filtering coming into a facility is coming into direct contact with the food we're consuming. And that air, that air actually has a direct knock on effect of the food we're consuming, be it product shelf life or contamination risks if it's poor air quality. I mean, if you're, if you're providing poor air quality to a, to a product, then obviously the end result is going to be a poor quality product in our opinion. And what we've seen in the experience that we've seen in the past is where we've provided an, incre- an improvement and an increase in air quality for food manufacturing or in food manufacturing facilities, excuse me, we have seen a, a, a dramatic increase in product shelf life as well. And, and that's a huge factor. And it's of huge interest to food manufacturing companies 
to look at to look at this as a positive uh, knock-on effect of improving air quality. Evren, if I can come back to you, um, are there other standards in general that food producers should be aware of if they're not signed up for the BRGCS program? Well, yeah. And actually, apart from the standards itself, BRCGS is preparing many different guidelines for the industry. And these guidelines can be about the standard itself on how to interpret it, or it can be in, about specific subjects in uh, regarding the food industry, like um, how to manage food safety during COVID-19, for example. This was prepared when the COVID just uh, started and understanding high risk, high care, ambient high care, or understanding air quality requirements and air filter specifications in food industry, which was developed by Camfield. Or um, I don't know how to use metal detector, how to perform a recall, uh, all these kind of subjects that are actually important for food producers. And these guidelines are not auditable, but the objective of preparing these guidelines is technically supporting the sites and the auditors and the approved training providers. So uh, everybody has a clear and better understanding of the standard clauses and what the expectations and how to implement all these clauses. Uh, and it is possible to reach these guidelines through BRCGS Participate, which is a complementary part of the service package. So the BRCGS certificate sites can access it for free. But if the sites are not um, BRCGS certificated, they can also purchase these guidelines from the BRCGS bookshop. Excellent. And there is a link to that in the show notes. Listen, you just mentioned uh, COVID-19, Evren, there. I I'm just wondering, have you noticed an increased demand for audits? Uh, well, it changed a lot during the COVID-19. You know, it has been almost two years since it started. So at the very beginning, uh, of course, there has been so many cancellations and we had to um, postpone many audits uh, because there were travel restrictions uh, and the limitations changed from country to country. So BRCGS allowed the certification bodies to perform a risk assessment of the sites and to uh, extend the certification for six months. And then as we were expecting the COVID to uh, end soon, and it didn't, so we had to find different solutions. So there were different audit options available and uh, developed by the BRCGS. We had the blended audit option, which was a kind of combination of uh, on-site audit and off-site audit. So the auditor uh, had to visit the site to see the GMP, to see the uh, implementations in, uh, in the site, in the shop floor. and But uh, they could um, review the documentation and records by sitting at home. So this also reduced the risk of traveling for the auditors and for the sites as auditors are going from one place to another. And uh, there is also a remote audit option, which the auditor can just sit at home or in the office and perform the audit full remote. And this has and then these options developed uh, the numbers a little bit. So at the beginning, the numbers increased dramatically, but now I can say we are back to normal and uh, the number of audits is kind of uh, increasing. 
Okay. All right. Listen, Evan Efe Cabagos from BRCGS. Thank you so much for your time today. And also thanks to Rolf Dummigum from uh, Camfield's Food and Beverage segment. That is it for our show for today. If you'd like to find out more about all of the stuff we've been talking about, just follow the links in the show notes. You'll find them in the description of this podcast on your phone or whichever device you're listening to us on. They include links and contact details and anything else that you might need to get more information. Our podcast today was produced by Camfield a world leader in the development and production of air filters and clean air solutions. To stay up to date on how clean air can affect the quality process for you and the workplace, do click follow or subscribe so you get our next show automatically. Until then, for myself, Dusty Rhodes, thank you so much for listening and take care.